Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Dr. Katie Null. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. What was your first introduction to tapping? Maurice, I um, was a mid, middle-aged adult going back to school to work on my PhD, and my dissertation was in mathematics education. I wanted to help adults returning to school who had one class left to finish, and it was always math. Well, Maurice, I always laughed and said, kudos for you. You're saving the best for last. <laughs> Uh, that's not the way they saw it. <laughs> I had so many students who um, had so much fear, so much anxiety, so much dread about math that they couldn't even register for the class. So in part of my dissertation, I started doing research about how to help students overcome fear and anxiety about math. And you know what I found? What was it? Nothing. There was nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I recognize this as a word problem. So as a word problem, I extracted the only parts that were relevant. And that was how do you get rid of fear and anxiety? And that was in 2010. And in 2010, I happened to run into Nick Ortner's Tapping Summit. I would suggest everyone to do it. I think he does it in February of a year. Watched all 10 days, bought the book, bought the DVD. And this was about tapping on how to overcome anxiety about relationships and uh, finances and anxiety, nothing about math or test anxiety. And I thought, well, we'll try it and see how it works. So um, I got ready to go and tried it on some students who were absolutely desperate. And we all know desperate clients are the best, right, Maurice? (laughs) (laughs) And um asked them to try it out and they came into my office we tried it and then they would come back a few weeks later and they say I I think I passed my math class well Maurice I had no idea who was more surprised was it them or was it me (laughs) I had no idea if this stuff would work or not so I decided to go Mm -hmm. back and um, get my training because I felt like I didn't know what I was doing right I was just kind of bumbling along. And as it turned out, when I got my training, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Uh, I went back and I got level one, level two, level three, trauma, quantum, which has to do with past lives, kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And now picture tapping. And although it only took me four years working full time to complete my PhD in mathematics education, it took me eight years to become a master trainer so I can train others in tapping. (laughs) So with a basic knowledge, you were able to help your students and then you went back to gain a deeper understanding by going through the different phases. Correct. And actually, um, with that basic knowledge, I inadvertently um, scared some students away because I didn't know what I was doing, Maurice. And I accidentally was bringing people into trauma states that I didn't know I didn't know, I I had no idea what I was doing. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I had one student come in and he said he had a lot of anxiety about math. 
And I said, okay, well, let's, let's tap on. I said, when you think about uh, math, what's the last time that you feel anxious about? And he said, well, it was my first year in college and I was coming back from my first calculus exam. And I thought, oh, I know exactly where he's going with this. But I didn't, Maurice. He said, I went back to my dorm room and there in my room, my roommate had committed suicide. Wow. And yeah. So his anxiety and fear about math had nothing to do about math and more to do with this traumatic experience as a young man. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do because I hadn't been trained. You know, I'd, I'd read the book and I'd, I'd watched the DVD, but I had not been trained. Um, and that's when I realized that, oh, my gosh, I really need to get training in this so I have a better understanding of what I'm doing. So what inspired you to go back to school, you know, later <laughs> on in life? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was 55 years old when I started. Um, and it goes back to when I was 18 years old. And when I was 18 years old, I made a list of five things I wanted to accomplish by the time I was 25. Number one on the list was to complete my PhD. Now, Maurice, I had no <laughs> idea what a PhD was. <laughs> but I had just heard that it was the highest level of education you could get. At the time, I was raised by a single mom back when there weren't any other single moms. And we moved around a lot. I attended 12 different schools in five different states. And I wanted to have some financial stability. And to me, it, when I looked around, it seemed like everyone who had that had more education than we had. And when I say we, I mean all the members of my family. So um, fast forward to when I'm 25 and I had been married. That wasn't on my list. I was pregnant with my first, not on my list. <laughs> But I was working on my master's degree in statistics and computer science. And so I thought, okay, at least I'm moving towards it. Well, it took me eight years to finish that two-year master's degree because we had three children in six years. And, um, you know, I was recovering from it. But by the time I was 55, I was working at a college. My youngest child was 25. But I knew at a college, a PhD would have value. So I went to my supervisor, I went to my husband, I went to my family, and I asked all of them, what do you think? And they all said the same thing. They said, if you are crazy enough to do it, <laughs> <laughs> we will support you. And by support, it meant basically don't give me any more assignments. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I, I finished my PhD before I was 60. Wow, that's an amazing story. So... Did you encounter any shame or doubt that you had to overcome in childhood? Because you just mentioned that, you know, when you were growing up, you know, most families where you were growing up probably had two parent households. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, there was uh, the greatest shame. I think the greatest shame was um, when we were on welfare. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and we were always living in small towns. Um, mostly we were trying to avoid bill collectors. And when we were in welfare in small towns, everybody in town knows who's on welfare. You know, if you're in a small community, if you're in a larger community, you might be able to hide it a little bit more. But in a small community, everybody knows everybody's business, especially if you're the new family in town, right? 
they 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 find out really quick what the heck's going on um and to add to that my last name was different than my siblings last name my mother married and divorced four times we found out probably 15 years after she died that she had a um another child that she gave up for adoption that we did i was 12 years old didn't even know she was pregnant um, and similarly on the other side, um, I met my father for the first time when I was 14 years old. And when, um, he died, he died at 40, age 49, we went through his papers and found out that he gave up an, a child for adoption as well, who was born the same year I was born and I was wow. born in December. <laughs> wow. So yeah, there was a lot, um, there's a lot to process. Um, and I'm very thankful for the four years of cognitive behavior therapy that I went through. And I only wish Maurice that I had learned about tapping before I'd gone through cognitive behavior therapy, because I think instead of four years, it probably could have been four months, um, just from the work I've done with others, um, you know, to, to break through all of those emotions, right. That hold us back. That hold us back. And those emotions, you didn't most likely you likely you didn't even realize that they caused something within you until looking back after the fact, going through cognitive behavior therapy and tapping, you didn't realize how it impacted you. And I believe so many people listening to us right now that they have encountered things throughout their lifetime. And they've gotten to a certain space right now. They may be 25, 28, 22, 35, whatever. And they're stuck in a space and wondering why they can't move forward. But they have to address some things possibly that took place in childhood and something they've buried within them in order to be able to stomach to move on. You are so Right, Maurice. Um, as I was finishing up my four years of therapy, it was kind of, I, I was I was trying to encourage my, my siblings that I grew up with, my brother and sister, to, to go into therapy themselves, and they were reluctant. And I tried to explain to them, it's like crossing a rickety bridge, like one of those swinging, you know, yeah. <laughs> bridges where you're over a big canyon. And you are so afraid you're going to misstep. You're so afraid you're going to fall. You're so afraid that you're not going to get to the other side. But once you get to the other side and turn around, you just then realize how dangerous it was on the other side. True. True. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting. The, trajectory our lives take mm. and you are helping people and you've been helping people for a while now and it's because you've experienced some of the same pain that they are experiencing mm -hmm. now not all the time someone needs to go through a certain thing in order to help someone else because i know a famous surgeon that does um uh, orthopedic surgery on athletes and whoever but he's a master at doing ACL surgery 
but he's never experienced it. But yet he knows something that the other person doesn't know and he's able to be of service to them. Mm -hmm. So it's not all the time you need to go through something, but it could help as well to go through the same things. And that way people can identify with you, but it's not necessary. Correct. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. So tapping, when did it begin helping you to get through Mm -hmm. your trauma? So Maurice, um, part of the tapping training is you have to create something called a personal peace journal. And they encourage you to write the numbers from one to a hundred and to list all the things that you feel like, you know, have an emotional charge for you. Well, when I first heard the assignment, I started laughing. I was like, only a hundred? Why? I could do a thousand. Hmm. (laughs) Um, And then I got to number 37. And I was like, I can't think of anything more. So I'll write down, yeah, the lady in the store yesterday was kind of rude to me. You know, <laughs> I couldn't think <laughs> of anything more. So part of getting your training is that you have to work on your own, your own issues. And um, as a practitioner, it's, sometimes it's hard to work on your own issues because Um, you don't ask yourself the questions that a practitioner would ask, right? Uh, A practitioner is going to ask you questions from their point of view. It's kind of like if you're the mayonnaise in the jar, you can't see the label. (laughs) True. And so having a practitioner is really helpful. Part of what you do as a, um, as your certification is that you do what we call swaps. So you work with other um, other practitioners who are, who are working to get their certification. And that's where you can really dig deep. Um, one of the fears and anxieties I had was a uh, fear of heights. My husband would be leaning over the balcony saying, oh, this is such a beautiful view where I was plastered against the wall of the second floor balcony. <laughs> you know? I, I just couldn't get at the idea of heights. And it wasn't so much the height, it was the idea of falling from the heights. And after clapping, um, my daughter and I had a trip up to Chicago and we went to the world's tallest building. And somehow I was able to actually get in the elevator. Now the idea of getting in the elevator of the world's taller, tallest building, there's no way that would have happened even to get in the elevator before tapping. But I was able to get in the elevator And when you get to the top floor, the entire floor is glass and they actually have an out part where you can stand on a glass floor and look down. Now I did not do that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I was so proud of myself, Maurice, because I did walk around the entire floor and I didn't have heart palpitations. I wasn't scared. I felt comfortable. Um, And that was something big that, uh, before tapping, you know, that, that just, uh, that would not have happened. We, we took a family trip one time to St. Louis, Missouri. I don't know. Have you been up in the arch Maurice? Yes. I've been there before. Yes. Okay. And you look like you're a taller person. So it may have been. (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) Okay. So I'm a short person. I'm five foot two. Um, but my husband, myself, and our three kids, they were teenagers at the time, all, and in the arch, for, the, for your listeners who don't know, 
you have to wait. And, and so, you know, the anticipation builds because um, you got to wait until there's a, a, a cubicle ready for you. And I didn't have any idea what I was getting into, but they shuttle you into this very, very, very small cage. I can only imagine how you fit in there. <laughs> Where um, there's two people facing two people. And then the fifth person is right in the center. Everybody's knees are touching and you're in this wire cage and all the way up uh, the St. Louis arch is, er, 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 er. <laughs> I am having such major panic attacks. All I can think of is I have got to get out of this cage. I, that, that was my only thought. And I, you know, I, w- I was breathing heavily. My heart was pounding. I'm, I'm sweating. I, I have got to get out of this cage. Well, as you well know, Maurice, you get up to the top and it's a, a relatively, I mean, it's a comfortable width, but there's not much there. You look out the windows and you can see all of St. Louis if you want to see all of St. Louis, <laughs> but the arch itself moves. So, and it has to because of the how high it is. So it's yeah. moving back and forth and back and forth. And I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. Where's the slide? I am not getting back in another cage. How do you get out of this place? And so my family is leaning over, enjoying the view. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. So I hopped into a cage with complete strangers, held my breath just so I could get down again. Um, but at this point, I, I feel like I could actually go down and up, up and in, enjoy the view again. So you are, I guess you have a top certification in tapping? I have levels one, level two, level three, trauma, quantum, uh, pitcher tapping, and I'm now a master trainer, supervisor, and a mentor. There is another level, but I'm not going to go for it. It's a, it's a trainer of master trainers. Um, I'm very happy. All I wanted to do once I found out about tapping Maurice is mm-hmm. I wanted to train others. I wanted to train math teachers. I wanted to train counselors. I wanted to train people who impact others um, so that they would know how to share this amazing, amazing technique, which can eliminate, I call, I call it dissolving waffles, dissolving worries, anxiety, fear, frustration, lethargy, exhaustion, and stress. And the reason why that's important, Maurice, is 80% of doctor visits are stress-related. And if you, once you can learn to mm-hmm. control and eliminate your stress, you then can control your emotions instead of having your emotions control you. And that's what I think is important. 80%. Wow. Right. That is amazing. So we are, it's from the inside. Everything begins from the inside. It appears that it's outside, but whatever is inside is manifesting what we see because what we give our attention to we see like for it, for example, if an electrician walked into your home, they would see everything. Everything would be illuminated electricity wise. They had noticed the cover on your outlet if it's cracked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And other people will look right past it because what we see, the dominant theme that we have, it always show up. We look mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. So quantum, uh, what is quantum <laughs> tapping? 
<laughs> oh, so you mentioned that, um, you know, that we have traumas from before that, that we work through. Um, quantum has to do with past lives. Oh. And I took the training because the uh, instructor was in Florida, where I live, from Australia. And I thought, well, if she's around, I might as well find out what the heck is going into it. I had no idea what I was getting into, Maurice. <laughs> 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 and when she pulled me up uh, to say, well, let's find out about your past lives, Katie. I'm like, yeah, right, sure. <laughs> but since that time, I have found that some of my issues that I could not resolve about anything else, I was able to resolve through this quantum healing. Can I give you an example of a client of who agreed to um, allow me to share her story? Of course. Okay. So she's a chiropractor, right? And she uh -huh. walks into my office holding her back, which is the first thing I'm thinking of, huh, interesting that a chiropractor walks in holding her back. And her issue that she wanted to deal with is that um, she was behind in writing up her uh, patient reports. Chiropractors don't get paid until the insurance companies get the patient reports. She had over 100 patient reports that she was behind. Now, her partner, who also was a chiropractor, was like, you got to get these done. <laughs> hmm. And I don't care what you have to do, you know, go do it. So she had heard about me and came in and she said, I don't know what to do, but I got to get past, you know, this writing phobia or something that I have. I said, okay. So we tapped um, on the idea that, you know, how she felt about writing these reports. And what came up was that she had a fifth grade teacher who insulted her writing. Okay, well, so we'll work on that. But Maurice, it just wouldn't go down. It was staying at a pretty high level. Um, and when I say a high level, I'm talking about a SUDS level, a subjective unit of distress. I ask people from zero to 10, you know, where are you on your, um, on your pain level on this? It just wouldn't get past five. It was, it was really high. So I didn't know what to do. So I finally said, hey, what's with your back back there? She said, ah, I have had this sharp pain and I can't get rid of it. I said, okay nothing else is working. Let's tap on the sharp pain. She's like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we tapped on the sharp pain. And when you do quantum tapping, the client gets the information. I don't. Mm -hmm. And so as we're tapping, she goes, oh my gosh. I said, what came up? She said, I was a Roman gladiator. This is going to sound very strange, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the truth. What happened? I was a Roman gladiator. And an enemy came up behind me and stabbed me with a sword and I died. I was like, well, there you go. And so I said, let's tap, let's tap on that. So we tapped on that until that it is called chasing the pain. Um, it's mm -hmm. one of the techniques in tapping. And um, we, we worked on that and it went away. And I said, so what do you think about, writing those hundred reports. And she said, no problem. I get those done. I said, okay, we're done here. Talked to her a week later. I said, so how are you doing on those hundred reports? She said, I got all 100 of them done in one week. Now it's mm -hmm. been more than five years and she still is current with writing all her reports. Wow. 
That's an amazing story. <laughs> now, as a mathematician, Maurice, I had a I struggled with okay, how do I how do I how did how does this fit in my head, right? <laughs> how, do, how do I understand this? And then somebody explained to me that when my grandmother was pregnant with my mother, right? Mm-hmm. That as my mother's body was developing in my grandmother, that my mother was developing eggs as well, right? Sure. So I was an egg in my mother, as my mother was developing in my grandmother. Then my mother was born and I'm still an egg in my mother. Every experience that my mother had, that emotional impact got processed to me. And that was true until I was born. So there are times, and I don't know if this happens to you, Maurice, or not, but you walk into a room or you meet a person or you're in a situation and you go, whoa, this does not feel right. And you don't know why. Yes. And it could be because it was something similar that happened either to your grandmother, your mother, or think how far back this can go, Maurice. And Right? And th- so there's something that happened that was not positive that you think, I got to get out of here. And you can't explain to others why you have to leave. Or why you don't want to have anything to do with this person or why or something. And it can go back who knows how many generations, right? Yes. And when somebody explained that to me, I was like, okay, I might be able to handle that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We are all connected far beyond what we could realize. That's a great analogy of, you know, every emotion that your mom went through. Mm Mm-hmm. You experience, even though we call this uh, pre-verbal, of course, even if the if you were born before you uh, develop words mm-hmm. and something happened to you before, you know, pre-verbal. Mm-hmm. So that means you have the emotion, but you have no words to express. So you react in certain ways, but you can't articulate what's going on. Right. Yeah. And so many people have fell into that and they don't really know what's going on with them, but they have this strong emotional connection to certain things, traumas and so forth, and compels them to do certain things as well that may not be good for them. Correct. Yeah. So quantum. Okay. So, (laughs) so that's, that's pretty good. So you, so you help other professionals as well? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of professionals on my client list. I have a, I'm a, a um, professional speaker with National Speaking Association. And so I have a lot of clients who are speakers. I have um, medical providers. I have um, spiritual people. Um, I have entrepreneurs. I have stay-at-home people. So, yeah. It started off working with um, students who had math and test anxiety. I have, I've got um, another student who was a senior in high school and took her SAT or S- Scholastic Aptitude Test, which is a national exam that most high school students take, uh, a good number of them for entry into college. And she took her SAT and did very well, Maurice. She, she could She could have gotten into her dream college with it. But she wanted to get scholarships, so she knew she could do better. So she registered, signed up, 
to take the second test, studied every day, went in, take the second test, and doggone it, her score was lower than the first one. Now, you've heard of that happening, right? Yes. Yeah. But she knew she could do better. So she registered, paid for the third attempt, and then she got busy. And she got busy, and it was a week before her SATs, and she panicked. And she turned to her mom, and she said, I don't know what to do. Well, mom had heard about me and had hired me. I worked with her on a Monday, a Wednesday, and a Friday for one hour each. And on Saturday, she retook her SATs for the third time and scored 90 points higher than her first attempt. Now, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, do you think we had any discussion about tests or math or anything at all like that? Probably not. No, not at all. We were talking about school and relationships and everything else. But in order to clear we cleared all that, right? We cleared all that emotional charge that she had so that she could think clearer, be more focused. Um, and I do work with a lot with people who are looking to increase their focus. Oh, that's definitely needed this day and age with all of the different distractions that's available. That's true. Focus is needed. So, okay, so we're going to you're going to demonstrate one with me today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a real life uh, therapist, mental health therapist. So. <laughs> oh, this will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a series of questions, Maurice, and then I'll lead you through it. We'll, we'll, um, I'll start with the questions after the questions. I'll um, ask you to tap on different parts of your body without the words, just so you're familiar with the tapping locations. And then we'll put them all together. Is that all right? Yes. Okay. So can you tell me something in the last 24 or 48 hours that you've been worried, anxious, fearful, frustrated, lethargic, exhausted, or stressed about? Um, reading emails. Mm -hmm. I have some emails I need to get through. <laughs> okay. And the interesting thing about tapping is I do have some clients who don't feel comfortable telling me what it is. And you don't have to tell people. You can just tell how you feel about it, which I think is really interesting for people who don't want to share maybe confidential information. So for you, though, thank you for sharing. It's reading emails. And when you think about, Maurice, reading those emails, what emotions coming up? Oh, <laughs> dread. <laughs> dread. Yes. And from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes, where do you feel the dread in your body? I feel that, I guess, possibly uh, in my shoulders. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty common, right? Yeah. And from zero to 10, where zero is like, ah, no big deal. It's just emails. And 10 is the most dread you felt in your entire life. When you think about sitting down and reading those emails, what level of dread do you have? Compared to something more serious in my life, I would guess it would be at a five. A five. Okay. And is this a true statement right here, right now? I feel safe. Yes. Okay. And for your listening audience, if that's not a true statement, let's pick a true statement such as I accept this emotion or someday I hope to feel safe or someday I hope to accept this emotion. So when we go through the words, if your listening audience will pick a statement that feels true to them. Last question. 
And when we do the tapping and the words together, I'm going to ask you to repeat words after me. If I repeat something and Maurice, you think, ah, oh, you know, I don't think that's really true for me. Or I would use different words. Will you repeat it in your own words for me? Okay. 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 So um, those are all the questions. Now what I'm going to do is ask you to tap on different parts of your body. So if you look at your palm, between your wrist and your little finger, if you take your other hand and with your fingertips, tap on that area between your wrist and your little finger. Now, when we add words, Maurice, we're going to add a sentence that we've uh, put together about your dread right. and your shoulders. Um, and we're going to repeat that sentence three times when we get here. Okay. 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 Next spot. And you can use your right hand or your left hand or both hands and tap on the top of your head, right on the crown of your head. Okay. Okay. Next spot is above your nose, right on the edge of your eyebrow. Tap right there. Okay. Okay. And again, you can use your right hand or your left hand or both, or you can use your right hand on your left eyebrow. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then next spot, Maurice, is between the edge of your eye and your hairline. And again, right or left or both, doesn't matter. Okay. Next spot is where I keep all my bags for a quick getaway, and that's under your eye. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And next spot is under your nose, above your lip. Mm -hmm. And then under your lip, above your chin. Okay. And then next, I'd like you to marry your wrists so that your wrists are connected and um, cross, cross your hands and Use your hands to tap on a spot right, right underneath your, right below your um, collarbone. So right on your collarbone. Okay. And then the last spot is about four inches under your arm on your ribs. Give your ribs a good hearty tap. You just thump, thump them. And again, you can use one hand, other hand, give yourself a hug, or you can come in from the side, whichever way is most comfortable. Okay. Gotcha. So those are the tapping points. Now, Let's put the words and the uh, motions all together. You ready? Yes. Okay. So looking at your palm, use your other hand to tap on the side between your wrist and your little finger and say, even though. Even though. Just thinking about those emails waiting for me. Just thinking about those emails waiting for me. I can feel the dread in my shoulders. I can feel the dread in my shoulders. Right here, right now. I feel safe anyway. Right here, right now. I feel safe anyway. Okay, we're going to repeat that twice. Even though. Even though. Oh, those emails. Those emails. I can feel the dread in my shoulders thinking about them. I can feel the dread in my shoulders thinking about them. Right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. Right here, right now, and I feel safe anyway. Last time. Even though. Even though. My shoulders are heavy with this dread. My shoulders are heavy with this dread. Just thinking about those emails. Just thinking about those emails. Oh, but right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. But right here, right now, and I feel safe anyway. Now tap on the top of your head and say, this dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. Above your nose, on the edge of your eyebrow. This dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. On the side of your eye, between your eye and your hairline. This dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. Under your eyes, so much dread in my shoulders. So much dread in my shoulders. Under your nose, above your lip, this dread in my shoulders. 
this dread in my shoulders. Under your lip, above your chin, I have so much dread in my shoulders. I have so much dread in my shoulders. Cross your hands and uh, uh, tap on your shoulders, um, your collarbone. And this dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. And then under your arm, give yourself uh, tapping on the ribs. This dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. And now blow all your air out. <gasps> and if you have water nearby, you can take a sip of water. Okay. Got that. So, Maurice, when you think about the emails, the dread in your shoulders from zero to 10, where is it now? I would say a four. Oh, okay. So there's something specific about the emails that you're dreading. What is that? Responding. Oh, it's a responding. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you think about the responding, is that dread? Yes, because I know that uh, some of them are not going to be quick emails that I could just read and not respond. Mm. <laughs> so they're going to take time. Yes. Okay. Okay. Can we do a quick, can we do a quick round on that? Yes. Okay. So on the edge of your hand, say, even though. Even though. It's the idea of taking the time to respond to those emails. It's the idea of taking the time to respond to those emails. That's giving me so much dread on my shoulders. That's giving me so much dread on my shoulders. Right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. Right here, right now, and I feel safe anyway. Even though. Even though some of those emails are going to take some time to respond. Some of those emails are going to take some time to respond. And just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Putting so much dread in my shoulders. Putting so much dread in my shoulders. Right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. Right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. Even though. Even though. It's reading those emails and taking the time to respond. It's reading those emails and taking the time to respond. That's what's giving me the dread in my shoulders. That's what's giving me the dread in my shoulders. Right here, right now, I feel safe anyway. Right here, right now, and I feel safe anyway. On top of your head. Responding to all of those emails takes so much time. Responding to those emails takes so much time. Edge of your eyebrow. That's what's giving me the dread in my shoulders. That's what's giving me the dread in my shoulders. By the eye. Responding those emails gives me dread in my shoulders. Responding to those emails give me dread in my shoulders. Under the eye. Taking the time to respond gives me dread in my shoulders. Taking those time to respond gives me dread in my shoulders. Under the nose. It's the time it takes to respond gives me dread in those shoulders. It's the time it takes to respond gives me dread in my shoulders. Under the lips. Oh, so much time to respond. Oh, so much time to respond. On your collarbone. Gives me dread in my shoulders. Gives me dread in my shoulders. And then under the arm, this dread in my shoulders. This dread in my shoulders. And blow all your air out. <laughs> and take a sip of water. So how's it feel now, Maurice? Um... It feels almost gone to a two, I would say, about a two. <laughs> yeah. So for, for, I love this stuff. I just love this stuff. 
yeah, it relaxes you almost until I guess you know when you're getting the benefits too when you feel almost uh, relaxed and mm -hmm. you could almost like tired, like you know, like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The most common response I get from my clients is, oh my gosh, I feel lighter. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, Maurice. Nobody comes in saying, I feel heavy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But but at the end, they're like, I feel so light. I I feel and and so we have this heaviness, right? That we carry with us that we don't even know we have. Don't yes. even know we have. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We're carrying around this duffel bag of mm -hmm. so many different things we've picked up over the years and we've mm -hmm. been accustomed to. Dragging right. it around like that um, Charlie Brown character, Linus. <laughs> his blanket. <laughs> yeah, he's dragging his blanket around. He doesn't realize, you know, it's dirty, what it smells like. Oh. <laughs> but everybody else does. Yeah. What a mess. What a mess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned it doesn't really take a long time to hmm. re begin receiving the results to tapping no uh-uh and i have actually have had clients I, again i'm a mathematician but i have clients who have been recommended to see me um by their therapist or psychologist um who felt like it would be beneficial a supplement to their plan and i've had patients um psychiatric patients um who have seen me of course, they're a client for me. They're not a patient. And in six months, have been able to um, feel a sense of security and balance and not need um, their medications anymore. In fact, the, mm -hmm. the originator of this, Gary Craig, um, started with this in the Veterans Hospital, and it has been approved in the Veterans Administration in the United States. And he worked with Vietnam vets. Maurice, these are people who have been hospitalized and medicated for 40 years. And the story goes that um, working with them intensely for one week, he was able to um, help them with their PTSD, get them off medication, and actually uh, dismiss from the hospital. How well, I've never heard of you know heard his name before Gary Craig you said. Mm -hmm. Do you know the backstory? How did he come up with tapping? Seems yeah. it seems simplistic, but it's definitely powerful. Right, 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 right. And aren't aren't all good things that way? So, um, yeah, the backstory is he is an electrical engineer trained at Stanford University. And he was curious about um, uh, psychology. And there were a couple of psychiatrists and psychologists who were frustrated because they didn't feel like they were getting the results they wanted with cognitive behavior therapy. So they started looking at traditional Chinese medicine. Um, and in looking at traditional Chinese medicine, they um, were trying to understand meridians, which a traditional Chinese medicine calls meridians energy pathways through our body. And the story goes that um, a, uh, a psychiatrist, an MD, 
was frustrated because he had a patient, we'll call her Mary, who had this intense fear of water to the point where she couldn't give her son a bath. And um, he was trying to help her overcome this fear and nothing was working. So as he studied traditional Chinese medicine, um, one of the questions he asked her is, where do you feel this fear of water in your body? And she said, oh, when I think about it, I, I just, my stomach gets upset. So based on his knowledge of traditional Chinese medicine, he said, okay, tap under your eye for a little while about your fear of water. And it was not very long that she looked up. And depending on the story you believe, she either drank a full glass of water or jumped into his pool. I think, I think the water is probably a better one. And, <laughs> and said, um, okay, I'm done. I'm cured. And got up and walked out. Well, he didn't know what happened. And, but she said, she's done. So he's like, what the heck? You know, what's, what's this all about? So he started doing some more investigation and wrote these very expensive manuals that he was selling for five and six, um, uh, you know, digits to other psychiatrists and psychologists who were looking for ways to help their patients. But Gary Craig found them and he looked at traditional Chinese medicine and he saw them as electrical circuits. And he said, you know what? If we tap on these eight points on our body, and there's actually more points, you know, as you do the training that you can do things on, but these eight major points are gonna hit 96 to 98% of our, um, our, the intersection of where the meridians intersect. And so he married that with the words and, most of my clients, Maurice, have a problem with, well, how can we have to say negative? Why does everything have to be negative? And I tell them, you know, and I'm, I'm a big, my first, my first uh, victim, my husband, <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, come sit on the couch. I got to try something new, right? He's like, what is it this time? And I said, oh, just sit here and tell me everything negative you have. Well, he kind of shot me a side eye and said, after 40 years, you want me to tell you something negative after you've been telling me to be positive? I said, well, you know what? The positive's not working. We're going to try this. <laughs> so I sat him down. He didn't want to do anything, right? Because, you know, he's a husband. <laughs> and um, But I live with the guy, so I know what was upsetting him. So I said, just do, the, just do what I'm doing and repeat after me. So he reluctantly did. Went, got up. He said, well, that was a waste of time. I said, okay, whatever. But you know what, Maurice? He came home the next day. And I said, how was work? He said, it was great. I said, excuse me? <laughs> I said, what about that client you were complaining about that was so difficult? He's like, oh, I talked to him. We got everything worked out. I said, well, you've been having a lot of problem with technology. How did you fix your computer? He said, I called the computer people. They sent me through it. We got everything worked out. I said, you're really upset with that vendor who was overcharging you. He said, you know what? We got everything taken care of through a text and it's all good. And I looked at him and I said, so tapping doesn't work, right? <laughs> because every other day before that, right, he'd been coming home complaining about all of those things that he felt totally powerless over and felt like there was nothing he could do. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff, I'll tell you. Yeah, because we are the source. Yeah. Like, our, however he was, you know, his thought process towards them had began to, 
you know, be a certain way at a certain point, you know, just seeing and he it changed and the whole situation changed. Those different things changed in his life. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Wow, that is so such a great story. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great story. I mean, you have, you know, so many um, great stories, I'm sure, (laughs) even more throughout the years. You how what's the best way for people to contact you? I'm a bit of a wordsmith, Maurice. My last name is Nall, N-A-L-L. So I took the word edge, E-D-G-E, and put it together to make my company name of N-A-L-L-E-D-G-E company. So my website is knowledgecompany.com, N-A-L-L-E-D-G-E-C-O.com. They can find out information there. They can also email me directly at hello at drnall.com. It's H-E-L-L-O at D-R-N-A-L-L.com. And I will challenge your listeners, Maurice, that they can call me. I would love to talk to them. My phone number is area code 772-226-0167. And if I answer, leave a message and I will call you back. Wow, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, what is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Hmm. Maurice, um, throughout my life, I think the one thing uh, that's been the hardest for me to learn is that um, this too shall pass. So when we encounter difficulties and um, challenges and obstacles, that it's best to look in the mirror and say, this too shall pass. And go to sleep and in the morning do the same thing. But the trick is you can't miss one morning. (laughs) This too shall pass. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.